You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today we have not one, not two, but three guests for you on this episode. We're going to be talking to the founding artistic director of the Verity Chorus. We'll be chatting with an award-winning cabaret singer who is saving Christmas. And Sharon, who is the manager of ticket sales and theater operations for Walt Disney Studios and the El Capitan Theater, is giving us all kinds of insider scoop on the El Cap. Things like how to get a tour and the name of their Wurlitzer Theater pipe organ. The organ has a name. It's Curtains Up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater in Los Angeles. I'm celebrity publicist and theater veteran Will Armstrong, along with radio host, writer, and theater enthusiast, Lara Scott. Hi. <laughs> We're very excited to be ta- talking to Anne-Marie Ketchum of the Verity Chorus Fall 2018 concert um, in just a moment. But first, we've got some L.A. theater buzz to share. Yes, we do. Will, we loved the color purple mm-hmm. when we saw it at the Pantages recently. And we're so excited to share that the Greenway Court Theater in L.A., which I drove by the other day, it's actually just right up the road from where we're taping on beautiful Fairfax Avenue, is doing a production of this incredible show. It's directed and choreographed by NAACP Award winner Jeffrey Polk. It features Gabrielle Jackson as Seeley, April Nixon as Suge Avery, and Dominique Kent as Sophia. And Dear Evan Hansen, the novel, is coming to Barnes & Noble at The Grove on Tuesday, October 16th at 7 p.m. Lara, this is crazy. It's okay, The Tony Award musical is now a YA novel, and you can meet the creative team. And that's a young adult novel. Yeah. I found that out because I have an almost tween. <laughs> I was like, I, at first I called it Ya, yeah, and somebody was like, no, that's, that's young adult. YA. But, you know, if you know anything about the show, I think it's wonderful that they've done this. So, I, sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but I was it's, like, young it's adult. In, yeah. It's incredible. And uh, in uh, Everyone that is a fan of the musical can now have the book to own. And they can, and here in Los Angeles at the Grove, they're having a special reading and a performance. And, okay, this is the super cool part. The moderator is James Corden. What? And the special musical guest is friend of the pod, Shoshana Bean. What? Yeah, it's she, crazy. She's going to sing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, musical guest, I yeah. guess. So, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Love her. So each book you purchase gets a fan one raffle ticket that will enter the fans into a drawing for a VIP meet and greet with the authors following the event. And um, here's how it works. The wristbands will be issued starting at 10 a.m. day of at the Grove. Um, and um, let's see. the the Tuesday, October 16th at 7 p.m. Exactly. Yes. And for more information, <laughs> you can you go on their their Facebook page <laughs> is facebook.com slash Grove or contact them at 323-525-0270. And we'll be sure to post all that on our social media, West of Broadway. Yeah, they always have fun stuff happening at the Grove, and especially that Barnes & Noble is so beautiful. And I love that they're doing this. No, so, it's oh, crazy. And yeah. James Corden, I love him. I know. 
Oh, he's so he's such a good singer. He was just in. Um, he did one of the voices in Smallfoot, which yeah. had surprisingly great music. Yeah. I didn't know that much about the movie. Channing Tatum sings. Common does this incredible song. Zendaya. And, uh, is, I know. Oh my gosh, I love Zendaya. So fun. All right, so let's jump right into it with our very first guest today. Anne Marie Ketchum is the founding artistic director of the Verdi Course, which is celebrating their 35th anniversary season this year as the only choral group in Southern California that focuses primarily on the dramatic and diverse music for opera chorus. This program will feature selections from three Verdi operas as well as some other operatic sequences. Total transparency here. I don't know how to pronounce most of the names <laughs> of the pieces that they're doing. I thought you would like that well. So let's just bring Anne Marie in right now and let her take it away. Welcome to West of Broadway. Hi, Anne Marie. Eric, there. This is so great. Nice Thank to you. be with you. Nice to have you. Uh, this is so great, and we're so excited. And so what we wanted to do, ask you right out of the gate is, what is an opera chorus versus an opera? Well, an opera chorus is part of an opera. An mm -hmm. opera is a whole production, like a Broadway theater show. Uh, an opera is like that, only the difference between Broadway musical theater and opera is that in opera, everything is sung. There's no spoken dialogue. Right. That's really the difference. So the chorus is like a chorus would be in a Broadway show, but it's in opera. There's obviously a storyline in an opera because mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's a whole story that goes from one idea to another and people progress, etc. And so when you take excerpts, it's like taking excerpts from um, a musical. You you can pick really great pieces of music out of a larger work. And present them. And the, the interesting thing about it in this is that, I mean, opera is classical music. And so uh, I can take uh, all kinds of different things, bring them out and, and put them together from different productions. So we're getting excerpts from this and that. Um, so it's, it's, it's still the music itself, just by its own nature, is very theatrical. Uh, it's not just like your regular choral music because it's all taken out of a story. So the music itself is theatrical. The voices sing in a theatrical way. It sounds beautiful. It and feels, it feel, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, I've, I've, it, lately, we've been talking a lot about um, musicals that are like revusicals, like shows that are just like Candor and Ebb, and it's the music of Candor mm -hmm. and Ebb. And this feels like it's almost a, an operatic it's the Verdi review. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, I was joking, Anne Marie, <laughs> that I, I, I'm a brand new opera fan. I'm even really a, a new musical theater fan. I don't know how to pronounce the names of the selections that you guys are doing. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you guys will be performing. Well, sure. Um, so we're called the Verdi Chorus. I uh, choose music from lots of different composers of opera, not just Giuseppe Verdi. Um, I love the music of Verdi for the chorus because he's one of the composers that loves to write for the chorus. It's easily excerptable. The music is marvelous. Um, he treats the chorus as a very important character in each of these operas. So it's not just background music like it might be for some other composer, but it's, it's really very important what the chorus experiences and says. So we almost always include some of Verdi's operas in in the programs. Um, but in addition, well, actually, I'll start with Verdi because um, we'll begin the concert with a piece, a very famous piece called Va Pensiero from Nabucco. Uh, and it's a, it's a, a, a piece that is the, the Hebrew slaves as they are um, have left their own land and they're looking back. 
um, and uh, remembering what their homeland was all about. It's a very moving and very beautiful piece. Um, and then we'll be doing some things from Aida. This is the really big stuff, big stuff from, from Verdi. It takes place in Egypt. Uh, and we'll be doing this very uh, exciting kind of march. It's called the Grand March from Aida. Um, with some uh, recognizable melodies. People will recognize there's a trumpet part in there that people always recognize. But sure. it's a, a very exciting piece. Then some pieces from Verdi's Don Carlo, or Don Carlos, um, and ending the first half with something by Arrigo Boito. Um, Boito is also an Italian composer uh, who, by the way, was librettist. In other words, wrote the 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 book, you might say, for some of Verdi's operas. So he was also, you know, he's a writer uh, of words, not just of music. Um, but this is a piece uh, called Mephistophele. It's the Faust legend, sure. uh, the old German Faust legend, and we're doing quite a few uh, pieces from that. Um, a, a really kind of fun witch's chorus, which is crazy and wild and fast and has a million words. Nice. Um, the baritone that's singing with us, the, the opera, operatic um, baritone soloist, is doing um, a piece sung by the character Mephistopheles or the devil, uh, which is a really kind of wonderful Halloween-y kind of sound. Exactly. I was just thinking, uh, perfect bet. for this time of yeah. year. Yes. It's perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then we'll close with this amazing, it's one of my favorite pieces, it's, it's Ave Senor. It's... Um, it's where the people and the heavens and all uh, unite to overcome evil. And musically, it, it's really extremely expressive and extremely beautiful. Uh, it, it, it ends with the devil screaming and blowing his whistle, and the, the, the chorus of angels and the chorus of people continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger until they end on a unison note that's very powerful and just obliterates all the rest. And so it's, it's a powerful piece. So we'll end the first half with that. And um, that's just the first half right there. I, I already have chills just hearing that. It sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I it's, feel hard like... for me, it's hard for me to cut down anything, sure. including the way I talk about it. So I'll, I'll give you the second half really quickly. Samson and Delilah. Everybody knows the sure. old story of Samson and Delilah. Well, uh, French composer Saint-Saëns wrote a beautiful ari or opera based on that story um, with a very famous aria that the mezzo sings and some beautiful things that the chorus does. And then we'll end with Jacques Offenbach, uh, The Tales of Hoffman, and quite a few things from that, including uh, the really famous Barcarolle, um, which is, the words are Belle Nuit or Beautiful Night, um, and it's kind of a lullaby. It's just a really pretty thing. And people will recognize that melody. Even if you're not an opera person, you'll recognize that melody. So anyway, that's the program. It's rich. It's full. It's got lots of different things in it. Now, how did you choose those selections? It, it must have been, was it difficult? Or did you know right away as you were putting this performance together, no, this is what we want to do because it's so diverse? Well, <laughs> um, I've been doing this for a long time. You know, the chorus has been going for 35 years, and I started it. So I know a lot of operas, and I know a lot of opera choruses. And I have, you know, things that I want to do, things that are new, things that I've done before, and so on and so on. I have a few favorites. Uh, one of my favorites is the Mephistopheles chorus that I just was talking about. 
Um, uh, so how do I put it together? It's it's uh, it's it's tricky, I guess, because I'll choose something that I really want to do, and then I hire a soloist, and I say to that soloist, like our our soprano soloist Julie Makarov, okay, I said, so I want to do this. She says, great. I say, what else do you love? And she gives me a list, and then. I think, okay, out of that list, I want to do this, so I'll hire a tenor that can do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of goes from there. I choose from things that I love. I never perform anything that I don't love. So, I mean, why bother, you know? Exactly. Why waste your time? Sure. So, <laughs> well, that, anyway. This is amazing, and it sounds like this is a great show for people who are true lovers of opera, but also people who are opera curious, and they want to expose themselves to something new. It's a great like the opera curious. That's me. <laughs> yes. Very opera curious. Um, so, uh, That's and, a great. I may just coin that and use it. You're welcome. <laughs> my gift to you. You're very welcome. <laughs> but um, but so, no, it's true. But it's true. I, we have had people come to this concert because they know someone in the chorus or just because they heard about it and were curious or something and come. And I've had people many times say, well, I've never been an opera fan, but my goodness, you know, and now they're ready to go and see a whole production. So, yeah, it's a it's a great way to introduce somebody to the whole art form. And this is a chorus, but of course, like you mentioned, you have soloists. Can you tell us a little bit more about your soloists? Yeah. Um, Julie Makaroff is the soprano. Uh, it's a big, beautiful voice. Um a really wonderfully fun and open and normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> normal? Well, you kind of know the opera soloist no, may be a superhuman, yeah. or at least I look at them that way. Like, it's hard to picture them grocery shopping. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, they do have those moments. <laughs> yeah, but she's had quite a career. She uh, has done quite a bit of, of work all over the country, and it's just she's a lovely, lovely singer. I'm really excited to have her here. Um, she has sung on the stage of the L.A. Opera in major roles, and so she's great. Um, Janelle DiStefano is our mezzo. I worked with her this last summer for the first time, and uh, she sang that aria um, it, while we were working together. She sang that aria from Samson and Delilah and ha- had me just so taken by what she did that I, I she finished. And I said, will you please do this concert because I have to have you on my concert. So that's Janelle. She also uh, runs the opera program at, at Santa Monica College in addition to having her own solo career. So she's very much involved in lots of things. Um Todd Weilander is our tenor. Uh, years ago, he was one of the national winners for the Metropolitan Opera in New York, and he was on their roster for a number of years. He's sung all over the country. Um, great tenor. And Gabriel Manro is the baritone. Um, big, rich voice. Really handsome guy, too. That doesn't <laughs> hurt. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and you might call him, it, when you're talking about different kinds of voices, when you talk about a baritone or a soprano, uh, when we're talking about solo voices, you go into more detail. Uh, you know, a soprano can be a lyric soprano or a coloratura or whatever. Um, Gabriel is what we call a Verdi baritone, named after the composer, because he demanded a certain kind of technique and voice for his baritone singers. 
and they're not all that common to have someone that can sing this repertoire as well as Gabriel. So um, I'm very excited wow. to have Gabriel sing. He also has quite a background in in musical theater and Broadway things. Very cool. So yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on. Well, excellent. Well, this is I, I'm really, really excited, and I'm so uh, so happy that this is. That's one of the reasons why I love Los Angeles so much is because there's so much incredible talent. All you have to do is look for it, and it's just around every corner, and yeah. uh, it's so yeah, thrilling. I know. And I so, know. yeah. So, so Anne Marie, um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. And if you are uh, you, those of you listening, you can see this wonderful performance on Saturday, November 10th, at 7:30 p.m., and also Sunday, November 11th, at 2 p.m. at the First United Methodist Church in Santa Monica. And for tickets, you can call 800-838-3006. That's 800-838-3006. Or go to verdicordis.org. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Yay, Anne-Marie, thank you so much. Yay. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm getting into the swing of Christmas. My favorite time of year. When snow starts falling and friends come calling to grab a cup or two of cheer. You know I'm jumping into the swing of Christmas. You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott. Musical theater has a saucy sister. Her name is Cabaret. In New York, if you want to see a truly personal performance from one of your favorite Broadway divas, you can pop on over to Feinstein's 54 Below, or if you're in L.A., places like the Cicada Club. Uh, uh, you can be treated to some of Broadway standards, some classical jazz, or even some original tunes. Our next guest is award-winning cabaret legend Todd Murray, and he's joining us by phone to tell us about his upcoming Christmas surprise. Welcome, Todd. Hi. Well, um, we just... I'm from central Pennsylvania. <laughs> is it cold there yet, by the way? No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's you know, I I live in Los Angeles like you guys do, and I'm just home visiting some family, and it's nice. It's nice to have the crisp air in the evening and Heck hear yeah. the geese fly over. Well, <laughs> thank you for giving us a little bit of your family time. We appreciate mm-hmm. it, and we're so excited sure. to talk to you about all these exciting projects that you have coming up. But first, I wanted to ask you because this is Western Broadway, and we usually cover musical theater. And how did you get into cabaret as an art form? Uh, you know, I, it was sort of a, a, a little bit of interest and a lot of default. Okay. <laughs> I started out musical theater, and I, I was uh, successful in it for about 10, 11 years. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a low voice. <laughs> and I found myself, I, I never thought about it before, but when you, you know, I had a lot of leading roles when I was younger in college and, and you know, regional. But when you get into Broadway and these upper, you know, these the higher end productions, low voices are usually attributed to older men. And so here I was with this voice that's usually used by characters who are, you know, much older, and I'm 25 and I'm right. 26. So I was, I got a little frustrated. I didn't really see where I was going to go uh, in in musical theater. So after a tour of um, the Secret Garden, a Broadway tour of that. Uh, I decided to move to Los Angeles and start a business, and I did that for 10 years, and when I sold the business, my gift to me was to go back to music, and uh, my passion is probably um, what we call the American songbook, right? You know, Mm -hmm. standards and stuff that Crosby and Sinatra and Dean Martin sing, and I was trying to find a way that I could incorporate my music, and and the one great thing about cabaret is that you, you can produce yourself. Sure. You know, you don't have to be hired um, 
to to put on a show. And so that's how I got started. I got accepted in a in a uh, at school at the O'Neill Center in Connecticut, and I did that for like two weeks, which is really you know it's so different coming from musical theater where you're told what to sing, what to say, and who to be. And all of a sudden you're doing your own show and you have to choose what you sing. You have to choose what you're going to say and you have to be yourself. And it's quite unnerving. <laughs> it was no really doubt. quite terrifying. Yeah, like but you can't I, hide I, behind I, anything because it's just Todd Murray right in front right. of everybody. And if, someone, if somebody doesn't like the music, it's your fault because you chose it. Wow. You know? Well, I, I can't imagine anyone not liking the music you choose. And I love your story, Todd. I, I, I think that's such a great sort of example for all of us in entertainment where you were very honest about what the future looked like. It's like, here's here's how yeah. far I can take this. I'm going to kind of pivot and do this. And yet you still found a way to incorporate the love that you have of performing. And you have an amazing talent. I heard you sing. I was telling Will, I was listening on the way here, and I totally fell in love with your voice. On one song, <laughs> yeah, one song, <laughs> and uh, what what a wonderful, wonderful story! I just love it. And uh, so you have been doing cabaret for a little while now. Do you have some favorite places to perform here in L.A. and then back on the East Coast? Yeah, uh, L.A. I've, oh boy, I've done a lot of venues there. My favorite place was uh, the Pasadena Symphony. Sure. <laughs> wow. It wasn't hey. necessarily a cabaret. Show. <laughs> Small, <laughs> intimate, yeah. <laughs> it was a nice venue um but i did the catalina jazz club yes uh, uh, rockwell stage Mm -hmm. Uh, i love rockwell um and where else um you know the gardenia i've never actually done a show at the gardenia but um and patellos have sung there yes oh that's great studio city Mm -hmm. yeah new york is great too i mean there's so there's there's a lot more venues in, in new york um and i've done feinstein's and Wow. whatever but uh, luckily on tuesday uh, uh, or um, not coming coming up soon i'm going to be uh singing at jazz at lincoln center for uh, a cabaret yeah. evening lara and i are huge fans of broadwayworld.com and i know that mm-hmm. um you've been awarded many cabaret awards uh at, uh, that i've seen on broadwayworld.com it's it's so it, alongside just like the cabaret greats just i mean it's just it's it's such a wonderful like i said like a a, a a sister to musical theater like an and to broadway and it's just and like you said it's a great way to see the people that you love from the stage like in person doing what they love and just and, and just sharing a bit of themselves it's yeah. incredible it's very yeah, personal so that's the big difference is you're you're invited into somebody's living room and you get to know hopefully you get to know that person um but it it's also terrifying for a lot of actors. A lot of Broadway people will not do their own show. Wow. Because um, it's, you know, it's a whole different medium of going from letting it all hang out and showing you uh, who I am and my taste in music versus um, having the comfort of being in a show. So it's, it's a very different medium, but it's exciting. You know, 54 Below, uh, I've you know, performed shows there as well, but 54 Below really, really pulls in a lot of Broadway people. Um, so it's, a, it's an opportunity to get to see the people you're used to seeing on stage in other shows um, up close and personal. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very important medium, and I'm glad that, that I'm a part of it. Um, it's, it's harder and harder to, to find venues and to make a living at it, but it's, a, it's very important to keep it alive because it's a, it's a special sort of experience to be to go to a cabaret show. Yeah, and that's part of our, our hope with this podcast, too, is to bring awareness, because I think a lot of people would go, they just don't know. 
you know, because sometimes you have to go and look for these things. So I always tell people, if you love something, support it so so the place doesn't close, right. <laughs> you know, because you might assume everyone's going, but they're not. Uh, if we want, we want Capri to be around for a long time and have access to incredible performers like you. And I have to ask you, Todd, so as we're t- recording this, it's early October. Have you started performing your Christmas songs yet, or are you holding off until they actually release here soon? Let, let's talk about the Christmas songs. Oh, sure. Um, no, I haven't. Well, I, I did perform them last year, actually. Yeah. I was uh, commissioned to put together a Christmas show, and uh, I performed both of them. And happily, I found, you know, it. they landed exactly as I had hoped they would be. They uh, People walked out humming them. They already knew the title. They already caught the hook, you know. So it was really, really fun to 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 see my vision actually work out the way that I had hoped it would. And I'm performing it um, in uh, a couple of Christmas shows in November, one in New York on no- November 27th at the Lori Beachman. So, Todd, um, I'm working with uh, can, uh, can you talk a little bit about the names of both the songs and a little bit of, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, one's called I'm Getting Into the Swing of Christmas. I'm Getting Into the Swing of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the other one's called Let's Hear It for Santa Claus. And the swing <laughs> tune is, you know, just the way that it sounds. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Sinatra Buble style. Uh, tune it's it's fun and uh the i'm getting in or um let's hear it for santa claus is more of a of a uh, santa claus is coming to town you know it's a a little bit a little bit more children oriented but um both i think are really catchy and fun and and uh they uh will be released october 19th Amazing. I, something that I think is super cool that you did, because uh, I follow you on social media, is you've created music videos for these songs. Yes. Well, so far, uh, the for um, I'm getting into the swing of Christmas. I did a uh, <laughs> two long twelve hour day shoots in L. A. And uh, that's really fun in the middle of summer when it's 95 degrees to be in a tuxedo <laughs> and try to get in the, the Christmas mood. To get in it the was swing so of humid Christmas. this year, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I was sweating so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this dream of snow and a mistletoe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that one and the other one, uh, Santa Claus, I'm not quite sure what we're going to come up with with a video for that yet. It may just be a sing-along type, sure. type uh, video at this point. Uh, but there's actually a script in the works for that song too. That maybe to develop it. Awesome. So, um, getting in the swing of Christmas is that video going to be available on August nineteenth, or is it just the audio cut? October nineteenth. Oct- October nineteenth. Uh, nope. October nineteenth. Uh, it's going to also be available. It'll be on YouTube. I'm going to post it on Facebook. Fantastic. We'll be sure um, to share Instagram on our social as well. Cool. And let me ask you really quickly before we get all the details on where to find everything. Uh, what was your inspiration for for doing these two songs? You know, um, the swing of Christmas. I was actually singing over in Switzerland with a quartet, um, and we were talking about getting in the mood um, because there, there's this thing, and I guess, especially I think mostly among American audiences. I don't, I don't feel the same way about um, the Christmas season in Europe as I do in in um, uh, America. But it's we want to get in the mood and. It's easy when you're a kid. It's easy to get the mood when you're a kid. But as uh, as you as we get older, we all want to we all want to feel that way, that childlike wonderment again. And uh, that's just what I was thinking about. It's like what it would, what what does it take? And and I realized it was just a, a switch of the 
the mind is like, I'm in the mood now. <laughs> I'm going to be in the mood. So this song is really about, I'm deciding uh, um, I'm going to get into the swing of Christmas, my favorite time of year. The snow, st- snow starts falling and, and uh, friends come calling to grab a cup of two or cheer. It's, it's, yeah. It was just a mental um, switch of the of the mind that it's time to get in the mood. And so that was really my inspiration. And, and I sing swing a lot. And so I I chose that medium because it comes easy to me and it's fun and and uh, I hope uh, I, I hope your audience will like it and uh, I'm I'm hoping that that it might uh, catch on as as a, a song that people will hear year after year. I have no doubt that they will, and I and I it I it sounds like it's going to be right up there with all the other Christmas classics that we know and love yeah, so much every like, year. Listen to Todd, Little Hot Chocolate, exactly. watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, wait for Santa. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready. I like it. I like it. Todd, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We so much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we and um and thank you for asking me. Absolutely, we'll be sure to post all of the information about where you can hear um Todd's songs and download them for yourselves and watch the videos on our social media. And if you um and you can check out. ToddMurray.com for any more information about Todd and where he's performing around the country. Um, yeah, so yeah, so thanks so much for helping us make the Christmas season just a little bit more special. Todd Murray is well, saving Christmas. I'm exactly. staying right there. Today. Thank you for bringing Thank on you, Christmas. Todd. Thank you for joining us on Western Broadway. <laughs> well, get back to your family, enjoy your dinner, and hopefully we'll see you out here in LA at a show soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Have Thank a- you for including me. Bye. Thanks, Todd. Bye. Bye. Let's hear it for Santa Claus, a jolly guy if there ever was. He's got presents for and you and speaking of the holidays, I'm so excited. We'll love the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. Santa yeah, it's a very up, unique up theater experience. Uh, it, it's more than just going to see a movie. It, right. It's a whole evening out. It's kind of what West of Broadway is all about. It's the magic of the movie combined with the spectacle of live performances, which we're going to get into in just a moment here with our guest. You can never, ever go wrong going to the El Cap, which, by the way, is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. And they've got some wonderful programming coming up. Hello, this is Sharon. Hi, Sharon. It's Hi. Will and Lara from the West of Broadway podcast. Hi, how are you? Hi, I love your voice. You're so cute. You're going to sound oh. so great. <laughs> Thank um, you. We are so excited to to have you joining us. We're not recording yet, um, okay. and, and so obviously we're not live or anything. <laughs> and again, if, uh, if, if we miss anything you really want us to hit or if there's something where you're like, ooh, I don't want that in there, we're happy to edit that out when we're done. Okay. Um, but basically we'll have about 10 minutes together, and I wanted to, to make sure I have your name and the title right do you pronounce your last name goldstein or goldstein 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 and then uh you're the senior manager of ticket sales and theater operations for walt disney studios in the el capitan theater that is correct. All right. Perfect. You got it right. Woo. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> We're off to a good start. All right. I know. All good. We'll just end with that right there. Yeah, exactly. it was perfect. All right. Well, we're so happy that Peter connected us. We love, love the El Capitan. In fact, the, the part that we were just recording before we called you, we were talking about what a magical experience it is. And we'll get into that with you oh, here in just good. a minute. Yeah. And I, we heard that you were here last week. I was there for Coco and Sharon. Yeah. My son went running up uh, when the mariachi divas were up uh-huh. there in the ballet company, and he got to sing It's a Small World with them. Oh. <laughs> Which I posted, it, we just had the most wonderful time. So thank you, thank you, thank you for just providing such a great experience. 
We are so excited to have Sharon Goldstein with us. Sharon is the Senior Manager of Ticket Sales and Theater Operations for Walt Disney Studios in the El Capitan Theater. Welcome to Western Broadway, Sharon. Yay, Sharon. Yay. Thank Hi. you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. I love the El Capitan. And for our listeners, I mean, I know you can go on and on and on, but could you give us a brief like synopsis, like a little history of the El Capitan Theater? Sure. So the El Capitan Theater since 1991 has been exclusively the first run theater for Walt Disney Studios. We do we have state of the art technology here and we do a lot of the premieres. We have special events, we do screenings of classic Disney films, but the El Capitan Theater actually was built in the early 1920s around the same time that the Chinese and the Egyptian theater were being built. So sure. they were kind of the three theaters of of the Hollywood and um, and it's also known um, kind of for its um, I guess you could say it's, it's best known for um, for Citizen Kane yes. and the first spoken word movie and the premiere happened here at the El Capitan Theater amazing it's mm -hmm. so cool to be such a, a huge part of movie history and, you know, yeah. when you think about the golden age of Hollywood, it feels like people dressed up to go to the movies. They were going to these movie palaces, which you usually don't get just going around the corner mm -mm. to the theater, unless you live around the corner from the El Capitan. Right. <laughs> That's your neighborhood theater. You're very lucky. But, That's you know, true, but now people come dressed up in costume to come to yes. the movies here, which is always fun. Yeah, there's the whole, like, Disney bounding thing, you know, where you're putting right? the outfits together, where you look like Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, it's so much fun. And, you know, for anyone who hasn't been there, it's not just going to see a movie for a lot of the performance. You definitely need to check as far as like what screening you're going to because things do vary from screening to screening. But maybe you can talk a little about the Wurlitzer and then the live performances that happened before some of the showings. Sure. So it's pretty exciting that we have, um, we do have a Wurlitzer organ. It's um, one of seven in the United States. And um, her name is Ethel. Wait, <laughs> the organ has a name? It does. Oh All the gosh. organs have names, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Ethel. Isn't that fun? That's so <laughs> and, fun. Um, and so um, we do We do have an organist that plays, um, and usually the organist played um, primarily on weekends prior to the movie. Um, for um, We say always call first to find out because um, sometimes we don't have the organ playing. Sometimes we have other special things that happen before the movie. Um, but it's always fun to hear it play. And when, when um, people like to sing along and the organ plays as guests are entering the theater, so it kind of makes a nice entrance for everybody to come in and settle into their seats and have a little show before the show. It's so much fun, and I was there uh, a couple months ago for Avengers Infinity War, and it was I, Rob Richards, I believe, that was playing, yes. and he did a whole Star Wars medley, and <laughs> we all went nuts, and then he disappeared down into the stage with he Ethel does. the organ. It was so, so cool. cool. <laughs> Sharon, what are, you, what are some of your favorite personal memories from the theater? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this theater, you know, this theater, um, we we used to do a, a curtain show before the theater, and I am an old um, Hollywood history buff, cool. and I love the stories of the old vaudeville of, of Hollywood, mm -hmm. and um, most theaters boast that um, the number of curtains that they had prior to the shows told you um, the level of the quality of that theater. And so four was the highest quality for most vaudeville theaters. And I loved our curtain show because it actually had five curtains um, to it as part of the show. 
So, um, so that just tells you about the quality of our theater. Yeah. And you know what? I am like you, a, a big sort of golden age of Hollywood history buff too. And mm -hmm. just learning about the, the care that Disney took in restoring the theater and didn't they like peel through layers of flooring and stuff on the walls to get it back to what it what, when it opened and it was this beautiful movie palace in the twenties. That is exactly, and um, and it was declared a historic cultural monument by the city of Los Angeles when it was restored um, back to showcase its original lavish architecture that was done by Charles Toberman and Sid Grauman. Um, so it, it, to to get it back to that. So is the, is that the details like with the balconies and all of the? Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh wow, that's exactly. incredible. Yeah, and there's a beautiful it, ceiling you have to look mm -hmm. up when you walk up to the ticket booth, and then go upstairs. Do you still have the the photographs upstairs? We do. We have our Hall of Fame upstairs, which um, does show the history of the theater. We also offer theater tours. A lot of people don't realize that, Ooh. but we do offer um, theater tours every day that were open um, to the general public. And all you have to do is go up to our box office and tell them that you want a tour, and we will take you um, behind the scenes. And, um, totally and it even goes did down. not know this. I'm so excited. Yeah, so many good things. <laughs> Sharon, thank you. I have family oh, coming to visit yes. soon, and we are coming. It was yeah, awesome. this is the kind of thing, it, you know, if you have friends coming to town, this is one of those, like, wow, I really saw something cool in Hollywood. Special, yes. But it doesn't it feel is. touristy. Yeah. It is really fun. You get to go down, um, you know, depending on what's going on, obviously. Some shows we can take you behind the scenes and some we can't. But um, but we do try to take everyone behind the scenes. And when we don't, when we aren't able to take you behind the scenes, we actually have um, an iPad which shows pictures. Right. So so you still get to see everything. You don't miss anything. That's awesome. And this is one of those uh, places where you definitely want to get there early. One, there's always traffic yeah. <laughs> right around Hollywood yeah. and Highland. Uh, <laughs> it, it takes a minute to park sometimes. But, you know, if the Wurlitzer is not going, sometimes, like, we did a photo op with a, a cool Vampirina backdrop. Mm -hmm. We were there just last weekend. We're, we're talking in early October right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw Coco and the Mariachi uh, Divas were performing. That Sure. Folklorico was there, and there was a whole show that went on for probably, what's your, like 15 minutes, where they right. really engaged the kids. I've been there when I saw Ratatouille many years ago. There was the uh -huh. whole cooking in the kitchen live performance with people yeah. dancing and, like, banging on <laughs> pots and pans. So how do you guys theme the performances to the movie? Like, who comes up with, with what the live portion is going to be? <laughs> there is a whole team of magic makers mm -hmm. <laughs> behind the scenes that come up with those ideas. And um, and something that you're talking about, we're coming up on, um, we're going to be showing Nutcracker and the Four Realms coming yes. up November 2nd to the 18th. And something fun that we're doing with that one is we're actually going to allow guests to come up onto the El Capitan stage. And as they're entering the theater, they'll be able to come in, go up on stage and take pictures with a music box. Ooh. And a music box plays a part in the movie. Um but they'll be able to come and, and take photos with that. At the same time, there's going to be a m musical maestro who will be spinning some tunes to the themes of the four realms as guests are getting seated. And then once the lights go down, that magical music box is going to come to life um, through light and sound and, and projection. And um, so we love to do those kind of things. We love to theme things to what's going on with the movie. There's always something different happening with every movie. Sometimes it's characters. Sometimes it's a stage show. Sometimes it's um, our lower lounge display, like for Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas, where we have 
um, props and costumes from the movie um, that will be on display. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's an upsell ticket that involves like a character breakfast or a tea with a character or um, or something of that nature. Um, for every February, we do we have an anniversary of showing um, for Valentine's Day, Lady and the Tramp, and Aww. we do these wonderful. Um, date night spaghetti dinners prior to the movie <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, so we have a lot of fun with um, with what we get to do that's great i remember taking my son he was only about two years old at the time it was uh, one of the anniversaries of beauty and the beast but there was a princess tea and i think it was across mm-hmm. the street at hollywood and highland yeah and he was too young to appreciate that a beautiful princess <laughs> was uh giving him a hug yeah but I have, I have pictures it was so great and you know what sharon talking about the nightmare before christmas I mean, this is mm-hmm. tradition for you guys it's tradition yes. for so many people and what is this, this is where I first learned about what a 4D theater <laughs> experience is. Exactly. So we um, every year, this is the 25th anniversary for Nightmare Before Christmas this year. Can you believe it? Wow. And um, and it was first released in 1993, and we've wow. shown it every year. And every year we do something spectacular with it for opening night. And then um, in the past, I think it's probably been about five years that we've been showing it in 4D. And so we show it in 3D, and what happens in the movie will happen to you in the theater. So when it um, when fog rolls in in the movie, fog rolls into the theater. Ooh. When leaves blow, leaves blow. When oh the wind gosh. blows, there's scents. Um, when it snows, it snows inside the theater. Um, it's a lot of fun. Every single time we finish an episode, we're always just like, I love that guest. That guest is awesome. And I feel like we become <laughs> friends with them. Thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. Thank I feel like you you're so, so you're so knowledgeable. I feel I had all these prepared questions. I didn't get to any of them because you hit them all yourself. You just <laughs> right. went, boom, boom, boom. Everything we wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So thank you. Yeah, they, they're lucky to have you there, Disney, yeah. they're listening oh, to no, this right now. You. Yeah. I love being here. It's so <laughs> amazing. That's a great thing. And it shows, you know, and, and thank you to you and everyone who's there. Everybody's so fantastic. They make it such a nice experience for the families and everyone coming to see a show. So let's talk about how people can uh, book their tickets. Do you recommend booking online, coming to the box office? Because I, I know a lot of these mm-hmm. do sell out quickly. We do. So when when we go on sale for um, our tickets, and our tickets normally go on sale prior to the rest of the nation. So oh. it's really important for guests to watch our website at www.elcapitantickets.com um, and our social media um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, or they can also call in at 1-800-DISNEY-6. And they can come up to our box office as well. But when our tickets go on sale, people, we are booked <laughs> um, pretty quickly, and we do sell out of a lot of our shows. Wow, this is such great tips. They really, really – Sharon – Thank you so much for sharing all of your El Capitan insight with us. We look forward to seeing you at the next performance. And for those yes. of you listening, pop on over to ElCapitanTickets.com to get your tickets and maybe meet us at the theater. Well, that is it for us today. That was an action-packed episode, Mr. Mm-hmm. Armstrong. And in between shows, we would love to hear from you. You can check us out online and catch up on previous episodes at westofbroadwaypodcast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, and you can reach out to me. I'm Lara Scott Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we were just talking about uh, seeing Coco with the El Capitan. I blogged about that at lara.scottmedia.wordpress.com. And I am Will Armstrong PR on all social media outlets. And um 
please feel free to follow and message me anytime. I'm messaging you now. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us here on our podcast. We always have so much fun. And if you're looking for us, you can find us just west of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.